there's not many NBA players who could say they've won three NBA championships by the time they're 23. But for Patrick McCall, he did just that. Even today, in 2023, he hasn't stopped winning as he led the Delaware Bluecoats of the NBA G League to a championship, continuing to add to an already impressive resume. He's 27 now, and he's spent five seasons in the NBA and suited up alongside many NBA greats like Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, Draymond Green, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Love, and many others. McCaw stayed busy in 2022-23 before his G League season, playing for Team USA in the America Cup, and of course the 76ers G League affiliate team, who he won the championship, like I mentioned, the Delaware Bluecoats. Patrick, welcome to episode 47 of Inside Buzz. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. How do I not start off with this? Another ring in the book for Patrick McCaw. You know, you're coming Absolutely. off your fourth championship, this time in the G League with the Delaware Bluecoats. What does it mean yeah. for you to get one now in the G League? Uh, I think it means a lot. I know the past couple of years for me dealing with injuries and stuff like that, um, just grinding and working hard and just staying motivated and being patient and staying positive, you know, through know the knee injury I had and to come back to Delaware get the opportunity to play with a great G League team great players great coaching staff a great organization and um, you know ultimately win a championship was was nice you know because it was just all that hard work it, it always comes with the reward so I'm just was blessed and thankful to get the opportunity and uh, win another championship. And what about the G League in itself? How has that helped you in a player? You've been on the biggest stages, the NBA Finals, on one of the greatest teams in NBA history. Now you're down in the G yeah. League, which is fine. You're rebuilding your yourself as a player and I'm sure your mindset. Absolutely. What's that like yeah. in the G League? Uh, I think it's a, it's a good it's a good place to be. Uh, a lot of people look at it as it's a I don't know. I just people I think people have a a weird outlook on the G League. I think it's a great place. You get to connect with people who are working hard to, you know, eventually get that chance, that opportunity to play in the NBA. And just the work that they put in from the staff to the players, the guys are down there playing hard each and every night. Um, it's great competition. There's a lot of great players in the G League. There's a lot of great players now in the NBA who started in the G League and are making huge impact on their teams. And it, it, it's just a great developmental league with a lot of great players and just to get the opportunity to go down there and work hard each and every day and to play against some of the some of the best guys you know is 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 great and it's all about opportunity and positioning yourself to get to the place you want to get to and ultimately that's the NBA so it was just great man just connecting with you know all the different players who are grinding and everybody has their own story that people don't know about or were great in high school, talented kids or guys from overseas that all come to the G League to showcase what they can do in order to, you know, get the opportunity ultimately to be in the NBA. So it, it was great, man. I really appreciate it and, and um, learned a lot from it. You kind of mentioned it a little bit, but I'm sure you could agree with me that nobody takes a game off in the G League because their next contract is that yeah. that big game they could have that could get them there. In the NBA, yeah. you know, some guys, I'm sure you could tell me, might see themselves as, oh, I'm comfortable, I'm good. I could take a couple games off if if I need it. Uh, in the G League, there's not too many guys are taking the games off at all. Everybody's playing, like, 100% every, every game almost. And it even gets, like, once the playoffs come, it's, like, even more. Like, it's ramped up even more. So it's just good to see how much in the G League because I mean like you said if people fighting for their lives the pay is not the best and ultimately you don't know who's watching those games from scouts to whoever the case may be to get your opportunity and uh I think you know taking the G League serious and not just thinking it's about scoring or having so many points a game just playing the, the basketball game the right way and uh just playing hard and giving the ultimate effort because I mean what it's like forty thousand dollars a year so I mean, guys are, you know, trying to change their own lives for not themselves, but like their family and whatever's next. Because, I mean, it's a grind down there. It's worth it if you're willing to put the work in and and know your ultimate goal and focus on that and keep working towards that. But uh, it's a grind down there. 
So last summer, you know, you also stayed busy playing for Team USA. Team USA, then right into the G League season. If an NBA team was watching right now, what would you want to tell them about your game and how you've developed? I think I've just grown as a player uh, just into who I am and what I'm capable of doing. And uh, I think ultimately for me, I'm just a great teammate. I'm just willing to do whatever it takes for the team to win. You know, I'm not looking to score 30 points a game or uh, be the star of the show. I'm willing to, you know, dive on loose balls, you know, pick up full court, knock down an open shot, you know, cheer my teammates on, even if I don't have to play, just be whatever it, whatever I need to be for the team to win and be successful. And I, I feel like I've always been like that because that's just my mindset is ultimately whatever it takes for the team to win. I think that's the most important thing every organization is, you know, playing the game for. Otherwise, it's, it's kind of like pointless. I mean, if you just want score or whatever you want guys to get their numbers that's cool but like at the end of the day I think every organization from G League to high school to college is is winning and and winning involves everybody everybody has a part of that so I think that's kind of just me as a player I'm just willing to do whatever it takes to win and how do you feel about people calling you the luckiest player in NBA history is it being in the right place at the right time for those three championships it's kind of cliche to say, I guess, but for me, I, I just feel like I was blessed to be in those situations, you know? It was a blessing, you know? If if it happens again, I, I don't know. I, I'm not too a big fan of just saying, like, luck or lucky, but, like, I was just blessed and just honored to be in those situations. And if it happens again, if a kid comes around at, at my age, at 20, 21, and gets that same opportunity to be a part of, Two, arguably two of the best teams ever like assembled in NBA history and win a championship and be a part of that experience and learn and grow and be a part of two great organizations. And I mean, I guess you'll be lucky too, but I just take it as a blessing because I learned so much. Uh, people accepted me, helped me grow and become a better basketball player. So if that's lucky, then I guess I'll, I'll take whatever people want to call it. You know, even once basketball is done, like I'll, I'll be cemented in history, you know, so. It's, it's just great for me. I'm just blessed. Talent isn't luck because your talent yeah. was found by Jerry West in the NBA draft. You know, you got drafted in the second round in 2016. <laughs> Jerry West of the yeah. Warriors, you know, he saw something in you that he wanted. He traded for you. How does that make you feel yeah. that a legend of that caliber took a chance on you? It means a lot. I mean, that's the logo. I mean, he's one of the greatest to ever play the game. And the fact that he saw potential in me to even have to take a chance on me to play in the NBA and to go to the Warriors. I mean, that was more than, if it, I guess that, that was lucky too. I don't know. But uh, that was just great. I mean, the opportunity itself to be a part of a great organization, a guy like that taking a chance on me, a kid that not too many people were talking about, and to get an opportunity to play my, my rookie year and to be a part of such an amazing team. It doesn't get much better than that at, at 20, 21 years old. You step foot, okay, in the Warriors organization. You're like 20, 21. That summer, they get some guy named Kevin Durant. What's it like? I mean, day one. Yeah. First, your footing in the league is probably, it feels weird. And then you got Steph around you, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson. What were those couple days like? It was a blur. Because I think it was like maybe a day or two before I did get drafted. That's when the trade happened. And, uh... I remember going to Oakland, you know, for like once I got drafted and do the meeting. And uh, I remember KD had texted me. It was just like, you know, get ready to work, young fella. And I was just confused because I didn't, I didn't have the number say when I got the text. I'm like, who is this? And when he said KD, I'm like, like this is crazy. Like, I just you never expect somebody of that caliber to text your phone and just, you know, motivate you and tell you to get ready to, you know, get ready to work and put the work in, like. It was just so exciting. It made me more comfortable and more confident in myself knowing, like, okay, KDC something in me as well. So going into summer league, I just was excited and just comfortable and ready to get to like get to work instantly. Cause like, like who, what kid gets to play with arguably most kids' favorite player? Like growing up, just watching all, like most of them from Andre to Draymond to Clay, Steph. Sean Livingston, David West. Like, I was playing with a lot of the guys that growing up were guys I watched or, you know, was fans of. And now I'm on a team and, like, 
helping them and passing the ball was just, it was insane. Yeah. Is there like a weird, like, kind of starstruckness to it where the first couple of weeks you're like, oh my God, I'm passing the ball to Kevin Durant. And then like, you know, your relationship grows with all those guys. At first it was. At first, after summer league, I kind of was, after my first summer league, I kind of felt more comfortable because I was able to like talk to some of those guys and they were just, you know, happy to have me and telling me just continue to work hard and we believe in you. We want to see you develop and become a great player. And when you got guys like Steph and Clay and Draymond and Andre and KD like supporting you and like motivating you, it kind of makes you feel like you belong. Like you start to understand like I worked this hard to be here and I grinded to get to this position. Even though I'm playing with the best of the best in the world, I belong here. So just doing my part, working hard and believing I belong, they just instilled that confidence in me at an early age that I know I'm an NBA, uh, NBA player and I know what level I can reach. So that was just an amazing thing because the starstruck part really kind of went out the window when you got guys like Steph or, or Clay telling you to shoot open shots or make a play. Like you instantly like, okay, I know I can do it. They believe in me. So, and I believe in myself. So it made it that much easier. Yeah. There were a lot of vets on that team as well. So who was that yeah. vet guy who was kind of sitting there on the bench with you a lot, breaking it down for you, helping you outside of basketball? Sean, Andre, and David West, they just were always in my ear. Like, good play, bad play, didn't play. Like, they were always in my ear just breaking down the game and making sure I was paying attention and looking at and reading plays and defenses and telling me all the insight that they had and what they've been through. They just always were in my ear, which helped me understand and really pay attention and learn the details of the game. Like, cause it's, it's, it's so many details that you got to pay attention to. And you always just want to be one step ahead of your opponent, no matter what it is. And uh, just my IQ grew that year. It was like constant, I was constantly learning. And then I was getting to play. I was getting to sit and watch. I was getting to watch guys work out after practice. I was getting to, just see things that I can add to my own regimen, my own routine outside of uh, games and practices. And just, it was great, man. It was just, it was a lot. It was a, it was a great experience because I was able to learn. I think that's a big thing for like young kids is being able to learn from the best right away. Like I can take that and say from here on out, like I've learned so much from them. Like, so, and that's the biggest thing for me because, I mean, at 20, 21 years old, you're able to learn from the best of the best in the game and to, like, develop and grow. I couldn't beat it. And uh, it's always going to be with me to this day because I learned so much my first two years in the league at 20, 21 years old. And nobody can take that from me, you know. And all that came out, all that knowledge you've learned, all learning from the vets. Uh, game two of the Western <laughs> Conference Finals against San Antonio – 18 points in 28 valuable minutes. Now, that's a huge stage against that juggernaut of the Spurs. What was that yeah. like, it all coming into fruition and you balling out on the biggest stage? I think it just ultimately was me being prepared for the moment now. Like, no moment was too big for me at that point. And um, when you're able to gravitate towards a great coaching staff and Steve Kerr and the coaches that were there, the players, just the just the confidence, the work, the intensity, the level that they play at each and every night, and to know what you were playing for and were a part of, like my mind was just so locked in. Like whatever I was doing, whatever shot that I was taking, I was doing it with a hundred percent confidence, knowing that I was making the right play or doing the right thing. Uh, it was just, it was amazing. Cause looking back on it, it was, it's like. I was a part of something special. I got to learn and be in a pr the presence of a great organization and great team and, and help in some type of way. And, uh, you know, that confidence and everything, how I was playing, I just was feeding off the energy of the guys on my team and, and my coaches and ultimately the, the Warrior fans. It was just a great atmosphere and I just was ready for the moment. And what are the trade-offs of, you know, being a young kid on such a, a great team like that? Because 
you know, we're all human, and I'm sure in your head you thought, I could be on a different team, and I could be getting 20 minutes a game, but we could be the 15th seed in the, in the East or the West. And now here I am getting 10 minutes a game, not the biggest of roles, but I'm winning. Did you think of those trade-offs at the time and other players around your age and their situation? I, I never did. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Just because for me, uh, I was never one of those kids that felt like I des- like I didn't deserve. I deserved exactly where I needed to be, and I was right where I was supposed to be, you know? And uh, for me, it's a marathon. It's not, it's not a race ever, ever. And it's like whenever that opportunity does come, and, and that is the case, so be it. But where I was, it was like, who could ask for anything more? Like, why trade off 20 points a game as a rookie? I guess that's cool for a championship at 20, 21 years old to learn and to, like, really understand a game of basketball for a year, be a part of something incredibly special, grow, figure out your game, fine-tune things, learn from the best, and then ultimately be a part of a world championship team. In your first year, like, you can't beat that, you know? I don't think you could trade that for anything. Regardless of how people see it or view it, like, that's just, it's bigger than, like, individually thinking or individual stats when ultimately you're able to really take more away from it than learning yourself, you know? And um, I was just grateful, man. I, I learned so much. I was able to be a part and share experience with players and coaches and staff. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't. I wouldn't trade it for a bigger, bigger minutes or bigger role, whatever the case may be. Like all those things were made up with the learning experiences and wins, the games, the road trips, the rookie haze, and all that. It was all <laughs> worth it. You know, so it was it was good. I really appreciate it. That's a that's a great answer, really. Through yeah. and through it is. And what's the biggest thing you learned from Stephen Curry on the court or off the court as well? Just the approach, man. Like he's if not the best shooter, if not arguably one of the best shooters ever. And the work that he puts in, like, man, the the way those guys work, all of them, but like the work that he puts in off the court that I mean, you kind of see in the media now, but, like, the work that he was putting in after practice, the shots he was getting up, the game speed reps, like, his approach to the game, it was just, like, he's the best already, and he's still working as if he's trying to prove himself to the world, and he's he's already done it multiple times on different occasions. But just the work that he put in, the, the type of person he is, his approach, the way he just talks to people, it was, like, unbelievable to see because like he's working almost as if he's trying to make the NBA or he's trying to still prove himself and uh that's the biggest thing I took from him just his his mentality his personality the work that he puts in I don't think he listens to what anybody says he just believes in himself and the work shows and he's just like such a great guy always has a a smile on his face and he plays a game with like a joy that you just want to watch and uh but I can ultimately say that for all of the guys on that team, like even the vets after practice, just the work that they put in and the time that they put into the game, it was it was crazy to see. Like I had to wait like almost 30 minutes to an hour just to shoot my rookie year after practice because Draymond, KD, David West, Sean Livingston, they were getting reps up after practice. It was just it was it was great to learn and just sit and watch like this is what it takes to ultimately make it to this level you got to be willing to put the work in each and every day like no matter what level or what status you get to like you got to put the work in each and every day it's so like as long as each day you get a little bit better and put the work in i think that's how you ultimately become one of the greats couple minutes ago, you said the rookie hazing. What's the worst thing that they put you through? The worst thing that happened to me, I think we was in, uh, we was on a road trip, I believe. I think we, we stopped, we had to stop in New Orleans. And I think Draymond, I think Draymond asked me to like get him some beignets. I forgot the spot. It's like, I forgot the name of the spot though, but he asked me to get some beignets. I have, I was already out like with some friends and some family already. 
So I kind of ignored it, but I was like, I was going to do it when I had the time, but I didn't respond at all. So knowing me, I just slipped up, forgot, never did it. So I'm just in my room chilling, like full Warriors jumpsuit on, just chilling, about to play the game. All I hear is my hotel door unlock. I'm like, like, what's going on? I didn't even get up. I'm thinking it's like room service or like housekeeping or something like that. It's Draymond, Andre, Javel, and I, I believe James McAdoo. They got like four big buckets of water. Like big buckets of water. I'm like, what I'm like, what's going on? Like, what's going on? Like, they like move the controller, move your phone, move anything you don't want to get wet. I'm like, what you mean? Then as soon as I said they, they dumped four buckets of water on me, all on the bed. I was fully clothed. Like I was soaked. Like that's probably the worst thing because they didn't have no extra blankets or nothing. I was pissed. They took all the game, they took the whole all my games and stuff. Controller. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, I I never after that, I never didn't do what I was supposed to again after that. I was sick. I was so sick. That's why they do it. Yeah. And yeah. You know, Kevin Durant, you got that text from him. He gets kind of a bad rap from the media. What's KD really like? He's like the coolest dude I know. Like, he's just so chill. Like, he likes to play the game. He just likes to just chill and hang out. Like, I don't know why people, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't think people understand him. Like, he just loves to play basketball. Like, he's in love for the game of basketball. Like, and he just, he's like a, like a big kid to me, like. Not like in that type of way, but like just his passion and his joy. Like he just likes to do just the regular stuff and chill. I don't know. I guess people get give him a bad rap. I don't know. I don't know why. Because I mean, individually, you you, you got to make the best decision for you and your family. Whatever you choose to do, of course, people are going to have, you know, their say-sos on your decisions and what you're doing. But it's not their life to, you know, to do so. You know, everybody's going to have their opinions and things like that. But. It's hard to do that if you really actually know somebody and know what's going on or, or what they feel is right for themselves or their family, you know? So I get I, I can get it from like outside looking in as a fan and but you gotta ultimately accept his decision and you know, let him be who he is. Right? You can't knock somebody for doing what they wanna do when they feel is right. Earlier this season we saw the Draymond Green and Jordan Poole incident. You know, that practice scuffle, Draymond punching pool. Were you surprised by that? And what is Draymond like in practice? Uh, I was surprised by it. I know Draymond, like, he probably gets the worst rap. But, like, I think it's just because of the passion, like, that he cares about the game for. Like, it's, it's more than just the game he cares about if his teammates are as passionate as him. Like, you don't have to play with that energy or you don't have to like yell and scream like he does and bring that intensity, but he wants to make sure like you're on the same page as him so far as the passion and level of play. Like, do you care about it as much as I do? And like, once he gets this, like maybe senses that feeling of you're going to get, not going against him in a way, but like you don't care as much or you're kind of like not playing up to your potential. He's going to like almost instantly get on you about it. And of course the way he probably goes about it's not, the best, but I think you get you get the point faster when somebody like yells and screams or get in your chest or lets you know, hey, like pick it up, like stop BSing, like let's do it, like we out here trying to win or get better. Um, so I think he just gets a bad rap for probably how he does it, but like, I mean, you can't really take that away from him. That's who he is. The energy he plays with, the intensity that he brings to the game, the effort that he gives. That's it's every night. And I think that's just the passion that he has for the game. I think that's kind of the misinterpretation for people because of how he does it and how he, you know, displays or expresses it. But it's all for, I think it's, for him it works. And I think if you disagree with it, then that's just on you. That's who he is. And and if you know that as a person, you should be able to, as a player or a teammate, you know, respect it and like give, ultimately give that effort when you're playing with him because you know, what he kind of requires of you. Not as you're doing what he says, but I mean, each, everybody should play at a level of, you know, 100% each and every night or give passion to the game because I feel like that's what it deserves. My biggest thing was stuff like that happens all, all the time, like all around the NBA. 
and just how it got out is just how the media did it. It was just, you know, it just was a lot. That's 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 probably my biggest thing. How it got out and just it just was all over the media, everywhere from you know shade room or world star like everybody was just posting it like making a big deal and those type of things happen in all of the organizations you just don't see it you know so uh yeah it was just it was tough to see because it was just like oh now it's like the world is really trying to give him this image or feel like you know it's just two sides to the story so now, the next question is about the Vince Carter incident in 2018. You know, you're in a blowout mm-hmm. game. You're driving down hard to the rim. It almost seems like he wants yeah. to contest, and then he pulls back. You're airborne. He kind of yeah. kind of goes over you. You fall yeah. badly. You get that spine injury. Did you think yeah. your career was over <clears throat> in the moment? Absolutely. I, I, can't, I can't sit here and lie and say I didn't because it was, like, numb. Like, I couldn't feel anything. Like, like so... I did. I never, even to this day, I never blame him for that because basketball it was a basket. It was a basketball play. I I can't blame anybody for that. My only thought that I was having, like, of course I was scared. Like, of course I was crying. And it was just more so about being able to actually walk again, more so than basketball. Like for me at that point, I just was just hoping and praying to God that it it did nothing was worse than not being able to walk again, you know? So I, that's all I was hoping and praying for. Because looking back on it, I mean, of course, it was a very, very sad moment in my career for me and my family and just for people watching. Just because you hate to see injuries like that. But, like, for me, I just was hoping and praying I was able to walk again. So getting rolled off the court, I was still in my right mind. All I could do was just continue, like, to pray and just ask God to to make me okay. Like, cause ultimately, the biggest thing for me was to be able to walk again. Yeah. To play basketball again was it would have been it would have been like a bonus, but to be able to move on my own and to stand on my own two feet and move around like you can't, that's a blessing in itself. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I just was so thankful that I mean I dealt with it for like a couple months after that, just the pain and getting back on my feet because I was probably. For like a month, I couldn't even, I could barely even stand. Like, just the pain was still there and all the drugs I was taking, how I was feeling, you know, that could easily just put you in like a state of, you know, stress or anxiety. Just the little things that you do that was so easy became like a task. A minute, a minute, uh, not yeah. even a minute, a second of a play could just change your Ch- whole life. Change, change life. your life forever. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, okay, that happens in, it does like I, I'm never able to walk in. Like now, I my I wouldn't say yeah. My life would start over now. I have to have a whole different approach to my life and and go a whole different path. Not that if that what was meant for me from God, then so be it. But like I would have had to learn how to use a wheelchair and move around and do all these other things. Not that that's a bad thing or I have anything against that, but just to learn a whole new way of living. It's just people just kind of almost. You don't think about those things until they happen to you. And you don't think about how blessed you are with the little things like being able to walk and run and just go to the park and play. Like, imagine having all that just kind of stripped away from you. Like, you got to almost look at things bigger than what they are. Like, they're blessings, really, honestly. Like, just to get up and walk and move around is a blessing in itself. So I was just so thankful that it wasn't, like, they like I didn't get like it's it was a lot it was a lot to take in but I was just I'm so thankful that that didn't happen you know looking back do you regret not taking that two year five point two million dollar offer from Golden State in 2018? Uh, it's like it's like fifty fifty. Looking back on it, I think business wise and from my standpoint, I could have handled the situation better. It was just so tough, man. That I was 22. I was just going through a lot of different emotions, everything that was going on. And uh, I definitely could have handled the situation better. But at that time, I just had so much going on through my head. I was still rehabbing from a back injury. I was dealing with uh, some knee stuff. And I just was so locked in on that, that I kind of was treating it like it wasn't a big deal. 
and I was more so focused on trying to get myself right and be prepared for the season. And uh, but looking back on it, I, I definitely could have handled it a better way from how the media portrayed it and how things were what things were being said about me and my family. I definitely could have handled it a better way because you don't know. You don't know what's going on unless who's ever saying whatever on social media. And yeah. who, when you see that, you just take it and run with it, you know? As we said, there's trade-offs to everything. I mean, you went to Cleveland yeah. a little bit, and then if you yeah. sign that, you don't end up in Toronto. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, how it worked out, ultimately, it worked out for the best. It was just so crazy to me. The biggest thing that I take from it is that even when all that was going on, of course, Toronto was already one of the best, better teams in the East that season with, like, Milwaukee and Boston and things like that. But to ultimately, at the end of the road, to play the Warriors in the finals, it was just, like, so, like, it was. It felt like a movie almost at that point because it was like, there's no way I do all this movement and then ultimately end right back up where I just was in the finals again, playing against, like, it was just... It's almost like that was just like scripted or like a movie. Like that, that was crazy to me. But, I mean, ultimately it did work out. And uh, I was a part of another championship team. And uh, another great organization. Toronto has a great organization, great coaching staff, great staff. Um, but, like, ultimately it did work out, like you said. But definitely going back to that, I definitely could have handled it a better way. Just for the meet. Like, I just, at that time, I didn't think it was going to blow it out of proportion and how, what was being said and everything. And, I definitely could have handled it a better way, but I was just like young and in my own head and had a lot of a lot of stuff going on, and it, it was no hard feelings against, uh, against nobody. I just was in my own head at that time, dealing with a lot and just trying to figure it all out. The business side is a big part of it too, and and as you see, guys do what's best, what they feel is best. Yeah. And that's all understandable. I mean, at the time, what were you like, twenty three, twenty four? I'm twenty four now. I've made my yeah. mistakes, and you know, you just yeah. learn from it. We're we're still you so young. That's all. That's all. You learn from them and and grow, like you said. Exactly. Like, that's the biggest thing. Long as you learn from your mistakes, so the next time you'll be more prepared. That's the most important thing. Everybody has their own thoughts on what Kawhi Leonard is really like. People think he's a mute. People think he's quiet. People think he's the Terminator showing no emotion. You were around him for like two seasons. What's Kawhi really like? Like, he's not a man who works extremely hard like all of the greats do. Like, he's putting in hour, hour and a half after practice on his body, getting shots up, just working. Like, the work that he puts in, I think it's like, it, like the world hasn't seen, like, what he does, his preparation, and how much he actually gives to the game. But, uh... He's chill though. Like he he's not a man of many words though. That is a true thing. But he's he's a good guy. Like he 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 speaks to the to the guys he he wants to speak to. He cracks jokes. I don't feel like you gotta ever be overly talkative. But like when he's around, you know, the, the players and the guys on the team, he's he's talking and cracking jokes and smiling a little bit. But from what you see, it's like who he is. He's he's not he's not a man of too many words though. He's never really talking too much. He's just chilling, putting that work in, getting a, getting the job done. Pat, the moments yeah. you've been a part of, let's see, those three championships, now you're a G League champion, you know, you've been on the biggest <clears throat> stages, like I've mentioned. The Kawhi game-winning shot, you find yourself in another position of being a part of, of history. You know, I could see yeah. you on the bench on TV and all the pictures afterward. What was that like yeah. watching it from the best seat in the house on the bench? It was crazy. Like, it was actually insane, like, him taking that shot, getting all the way to that deep corner, shooting the fade, the pose, the the squat, the Kawhi squat, like being right there watching the ball bounce two times and go in, winning the Easter count, like like oh my god, like it was crazy, like just to see and be a part of, like at that time and moment, it just felt like. Like, again, like, I mean, it was history, but at the time, it felt like a movie. Just the way he took the shot, contested, fade into the corner, the squad, the pose, just to win a game like that. It was crazy to just be there, to be a witness, and to be a part of it. Like, it was amazing. It was amazing. Like Unreal. you said, it's history. Like, that picture is going to be everywhere for the rest of – however long the NBA continues to be a part, that's going to always go down in history as one of the biggest shots ever, you know, so – yeah, it was dope just to be there and to be a witness.
out of your three NBA championships, which one's your favorite and why? I would probably say my first one. Just because going into it, I, I honestly, going even going into the draft, because it was like we just watched the finals. We just saw the Cavs come back and win the finals. Like I literally probably was at home maybe two weeks before the draft watching the finals and everything and how that ultimately ended. And like to see the level of play and to see both the Warriors and Cavs go at it, just the level that was being played at, you know, to make it there, like just to even put that in your mental Rolodex, like to be in the NBA finals or to play in the finals at all, to watch it is a different thing to actually have gotten experience and be there from like the media to the preparation to the game. I never, I never even saw myself being in the finals. And then, like, as the season kept going from how we were playing, how KD uh, was sidelined for a little bit and I got to step in and be a starter, just how the season was going, the progression and how we were playing as a team, like, each and every round, it was like I'm getting closer to something that I could only have dreamed of. And it's like th that moment, just that first one, it was like you could feel the buildup to making it to the championship and to have – played a role in that it just is it was so crazy because it was something that you can't describe like I, I can I can say how the energy and things are the finals but until you actually play in it and like experience it for yourself and be a part of it it's it's nothing like it you know just it was just that was probably my favorite one because I'm at I'm 21 years old at that point part of ultimately probably one of the best teams ever assembled competing against LeBron, Kyrie, Kevin Love, the same stuff I just watched the summer before, you know, like and playing against those guys and competing for the world championship. It just like, it was like written and I was just so blessed to be a part of that. My first year and to win a champion, like it was just crazy to bring a trophy back home like to where I was from, like to the neighborhood I was from, like it was just, yeah, it was special. Pat, just think, years from now, our kids, our grandkids, their grandkids, yeah. they're going to go on basketball yeah. reference. They're going to look who was on that championship <laughs> roster. They're going to see Patrick McCall. I mean, you're a staple in history, my dude. That's the that's the dopest thing. Like right now where I'm at, 27 years old, like I'm a, I'm a staple. I'm able to be however you want to be submitting the history, go to basketball reference, look it up and see like the resume that I do have at 27 is cool. Like it's perfect. Like it's, it's cool. Like I could tell my kids now, like I could bring three rings out or I could bring three trophies and Larry O'Brien trophies and show them like, you know, what I was a part of and what I accomplished, you know, or I can show them banners and things like that. Like, and that, and to have, been a part of those things and I have that under my belt right now. It's like the sky's the limit for me. Whatever yeah. happens from here on out for my career, however it goes, making it back to the NBA, like my story is from here on out is can be, it, it only can get better, you know? Even if it, it turns out, okay, I, I never I am a part of another championship. I never make it back to the finals or, or things like that in my career. And I play on good teams and I, I'm still ultimately a good player. Like, that alone, winning the three championships in a row, winning the G League title. And I and I hate that we lost the year before, but we was kind of injured in the G League. So that would have been crazy went back to back in the G League. Like the record, what what I have on my track record is a lot of, like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of guys. It's yeah. great for your stock right now because you're trying yeah. to get back in the league. So if yeah. people look at your G League team, they'll go, holy crap, Pat McCaw, three-time champion. He was learned from Stephen Curry, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's all yeah. in your resume. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I cherish those things because I know what ultimately teams are looking for. I know the work that you have to put in. I know what type of guy you have to be for an NBA team. Not even playing, just the type of person you are on and off the court. Are you supposed to connect with people? How are you supposed to speak to people and communicate things? Like, it's so much bigger than basketball that I feel like all those things I already have the off the court. Like, I just know how to present myself the right way and approach the business side now and just the approach to the game of basketball. And like, 
that's the biggest thing for me because I've learned so much now. And like the point where I'm at now is like, whatever opportunity I get next, I'm going to be more than prepared for. If that's a bigger role, if that's being a part of another championship team, you know what I'm saying? I know all sides of the game now. Like, I feel like I can, I can help any team, not like even playing, just being a part and just being a guy on the team to just, you know, bring that experience and just bring that, that energy and that preparation and that, that business side of how you're supposed to approach the game to any organization. But, uh, I'm just grateful from injuries and all those things that I've been through and to be where I am now and what I do have accomplished and been a part of and to have faced injuries and dealt with them and battled through those things. Like I, I, I feel like I've conquered all the trials and tribulations and now I'm at a point where I'm just grinding to get the opportunity again now. Like I'm just focused, locked in, working hard and just preparing for Whenever free agency starts, you know, just to get the opportunity, if it's a workout with a team, if it's a one year, whatever the case may be, whatever God has in store, I know I'll be ready for it because mentally I am and physically I'm just working to get there. So so that's the next goal going forward. Get back to the league. Now, have you worked out for teams? Do you plan on working out for teams this summer? Uh, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure my agent will probably have a few of those lined up. Well, I pray that he does. But ultimately for me, I mean, that is the goal. But I'm, I'm at this point, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make that possible. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that is, if it's workouts, if it's having to play some league and whatever it is, I'm willing to take those steps to make it happen again. But I'm not just saying, whoa, 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 NBA. Like if I have to go Euro, if I have to take a different route or a different approach to the game, then I'm willing to do those things. Because I know ultimately what it takes in order to get what you want. You have to not skip steps. You got to take every step that you're supposed to take and accomplish them and beat them. It's like, uh, it's all a part of the process. And uh, you got to be willing to go through whatever it is that God has lined up for you in order to ultimately reach your goals. So just being patient and whatever comes, I'll be ready for it, like I said. Listen, we're all hoping you get there. And I know you follow yeah, NBA Buzz. I'll, I'll be the first yeah. one to post about it. So I'm hoping and praying <laughs> that happens. Yeah, yeah, me too. Me too, gotta, every day. Out of the three, who's the most chill? Stephen Curry, Kevin Durant, or Klay Thompson? The most chill might be Clay. Clay is super chill, though. Like, KD chill, but Clay is, like, super chill, man. Like, he's, like, the coolest dude ever. A lot of the, like, he's like a, I wouldn't say he's like Kawhi, like, because he talks a little more, he cracks jokes. But, like, he likes to just chill, man. Outside of him putting the work in, he go fishing, get on his boat. He be at the crib just chilling, like, he's super I would, cool. I was, I was going to ask you, have have you been on his boat? No, I never have. He always talks about it, though. But <laughs> he's just super chill, man. Like, he's one of those guys you just want to be around just to just to chat with him. Or if you're just chilling, you don't even, he don't even got to say nothing. He just, his vibe is, is, is chill. It's so good. It's cool, man. And who's the toughest player you had to guard in your five years in the NBA? Mm. Who's that guy who kind of, you know, you're shifting back and forth hard on defense. You're working your butt off yeah, you gotta, every you possession. For me personally, I had to say James Harden when he's in Houston. Like, you almost – you had to like almost be prepared like the night before. You had to do some defensive slides, watch some film. Like you had to be locked in. Him and him and like Kyrie probably. But Houston James Harden, that was just a tough cover, man. Like I don't know, that was the toughest cover. For sure. For me. Thinking back all my five years, of course. Yeah, I had to say James in Houston. I think that's kind of my final answer. Kyrie, of course. I mean, there's so many tough guys to guard in the league, though, because it's like you really got to be prepared. And I've had some matchups to where it's like I got to guard the best player or like like Bradley. But like each team has somebody that's you got to be up for the task. You got yeah. Brad, you got Jimmy. They got all different styles and how they play the game. And it's just you being locked in and prepared for it. I think that's the biggest thing is so many people that you got to be ready to guard. But I, 
if I had to say back to my five years, I would probably say James because he was getting all those calls, the swipe through, the pickup when he got to the basket. It was just you almost had to be a patient defender. You couldn't almost. It was almost like he had you in control, but you just had to like mirror him and be ready for all the tricks that he had had in the bag, you know, because he was getting so many. I, I feel like he was shooting like he had to be leaving the league like free throws was in Houston, like because he was getting to the line so much. He was drawing so many fouls. And Houston James Harden was a tough, tough cover. He had Clint Capella, so he'd throw up that floater, yeah. which you think is going in, and it's a lob. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah. Tough. Yeah. And yeah. and I and I'm just, you know, five foot six, sitting on my couch <laughs> watching that. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. I can't yeah. imagine it throw, throwing that over your head. He was definitely a tough cover, for sure. You know, today's May 10th. You know, this interview is going to go out in a couple days, so we're not going to know yeah. the final result. But Golden State faces the Lakers in Game 5. Down 3-1, Western Conference semifinals. Quick two-part question. Can they come back in this series? And is this Steph, Clay, and Draymond's last chance at a championship? So the, fir the first one, I think they can. I think they can come back. I think it's just now at the point of a level they got to play at now. And I don't know. I think they've been in this position before. But, like, it's a tough position to be down through one. But I think the mindset, the coaching staff, the players, I think that this challenge is something that they kind of thrive on in, in, in some type of way. I just see them making it a series, like going back home, showing that they're still in it. I think I think they're going to be prepared. Like they play with a different level of energy and, and emotion going back home to San Fran. I think they 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 win tonight. And I think they just, the approach for the rest of the series, I think they make it a series. I, I really do, just because they know what's at stake. And I don't, they don't know what the future holds, but they know what it is right now. And uh, I feel like they come and they, and, they, and they bring a different energy to the series tonight, for sure. Now, that second question, I don't, I, I'm not too sure about everything that's going on with the future of the Warriors. Remember, Pat, they're all almost in their mid-30s now. They're not as yeah. young as they once were. It's crazy. It's I actually know, sad. Crazy. It's crazy to even think, though. You know, like, that's so crazy to say. Like, ah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to leave that one up, up in the air. Like, the future, I, I can't even tell it. It's closing a little bit. Yeah. It definitely is. Now that you, I mean, the things that you're pointing out. Because I'm not even thinking of just the age part and where they are and how long they've been doing it together. It's like, wow. Like they're at that point now, like, dang, it just seems like, I don't know. Tom definitely flies and they've been together doing it for so long. You just, you just don't know what the future holds, but I just pray that I hope me personally that they do pick it, like kick it in the gear and, you know, turn the series around and, you know, really show that they're capable. Because it's still possible. We've seen we've seen it happen before, so it's not not possible. But they got to show us that they're capable of doing so tonight. Like tonight has to has to be a different level of basketball than they, that they had than they have been playing. And uh, everybody just has to come and show up and just give it their all. Hopefully, that's that's what I hope tonight. How tonight goes when I tune yeah. in. If Golden State gets knocked out, who's your championship pick? Oh, man, I was just talking to my, my friends about this yesterday. Denver, even whoever wins out of this Lakers Warriors, like, you got a tough task. And this, I mean, the Sun's still battling. It's not over yet. But Denver just, like, is the most, like, they just play the most overall, like, as a team. They playing, like, nine, ten guys in the playoffs. And all the guys that come in the game are playing hard. Like they're not even trying to score. They guarding the ball, rebounding, diving on the ball, loose like loose balls. Like they just playing hard. And then you got Jokic just like Jokic and Murray just oh man, it's just they playing the most complete as a team to me. That's why I, like I feel like I like Denver like the most out of everybody. I like in the playoffs this year because they're playing just like as a team, and it it looks good though. Like, it looks like great basketball every time it, you tune in to watch it. It almost reminds me of your Warriors years and those teams. Yeah, like, you guys yeah. on the bench all had your role, and you didn't yeah. you didn't care. You just wanted that win. But yeah, you didn't care. Ultimately, we all playing to win. That should be every team's goal, you know? Like, 
but they're doing it. It's like all ten. You're like all ten guys are going out there playing hard. You got Christian Braun having a big role. You got Bruce Brown, Jeff Green, Caldwell Pope. It's like everybody's going in there just playing hard because they they want to win. I think they all ultimately. Coach Malone was telling them like, I think they just all want to win. You can just see how they play. Like all of all of them play. Like they just play hard, and that's and like that- a big part of it. And lastly, Pat, what's next for Patrick McCall? And a year from now, where do you want to see yourself? Probably doing another interview, maybe after a good season or something somewhere. If it's uh, NBA or if it's Euro, if it's if it's G League. I mean, of course, winning in some type of capacity. But I think for me now, winning is ultimately accomplishing everything that I have set out for myself. So a win for me would be okay, I go play Euro, I have a good season, or if I make it back to the league, I'm, I'm playing on with whoever the whoever case may be. We have a good season, I have a good season, or whatever whatever it is. If it's back in the G League, I have a good season, win a championship, whatever the case may be. Like, I, I say a year from now is May 10th or May 9th today. Like, I'm on another interview or something, and, I'm, and we're, we're catching back up and talking about how my season's going, how I made it happen, how... You know, I'm back where I belong. You know, like that's kind of my my ultimate goal. Like, that's all I can really focus on is getting that another chance in the NBA and showing how much I've improved, improved and grown as a player and as a person. So, like that's that's the ultimate goal. A year from now, you know, I'm either in the playoffs or you know something good, something amazing. So that's the goal. For Patrick McCall, dare I say, the king of the rings. <laughs> I'm Mikey Domagala, and that was episode 47 of Inside Buzz. Pat, I really appreciate you coming on. We went a little long, but I appreciate you feeling all my questions and having a great conversation. My God, thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate you, as always. Be sure to follow Patrick McCall on Instagram, at pmccaw0, and subscribe to my channel here, and follow Inside Buzz on all podcast platforms for all Inside Buzz episodes and NBA-related content.